Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Thane. And you're listening to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners for Midpack Runners. Last week, Thane was smashing out 102 miles with 12,000 feet of ascent. And that's got to be worthy of an episode on its own. So Runners on Trail episode two is dedicated to the Cotswold Way Century. Welcome to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners. For Midpack Runners, I'm Thane. And I'm Anthony. And exactly one week ago, Thane was about 70 miles into the Cotswold Way century. And we thought it was a great opportunity this week to dedicate a whole episode to it, to what Thane did, to talking about the race, talking about the people he was running with. And so, off you go, mate. I'm just going to sit back for an hour. You crack on. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a hard race it's a we mentioned it in the previous episode it's a 102 mile um, run along the Cotswolds edge they've been running the race now for five years it's run by um, Cotswolds running Um, basically goes up by the side of the M5 goes from Chipping Camden uh, near Evesham all the way down to Bath and you go up and down the Cotswolds edge about 14 times I think in total Uh, so it has some 12,000 foot of climb uh, you start at noon on Saturday from Chipping Camden, and the idea is to complete it within 30 hours. Yeah, I had I done as not much training as I should have done? No, um, I was carrying forward quite a bit of um, fitness, I think, from um, Transvolcania, but um, my training could have been a bit more. But anyway, I was reasonably confident of finishing if I just grounded out. So it's a pretty race? It is a pretty race. You basically going along the uh, climb up to the edge, the Cotswolds edge, you run along for a bit, getting the views. And then the route dips down into what we'd call a chocolate box village and then back up to the Cotswolds edge along and then back down into the next village. Apparently it was a route that the monks used to take walking. Um, so you end up um, running around Sirencester and Stroud, going through uh, the middle of Dursley and then down through Wooden Under Edge all the way down into, into Bath. And did you decide, given the historical significance of the route, to do it in full monk regalia? <laughs> that would have been a challenge too far. Well, I, I'd suggest maybe it would have been a bad habit to get into. <laughs> Yay! Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, okay. Uh, so, and how was the going underfoot? So the, it was actually a really good path. There was a couple of miles, because it's been raining quite a bit recently, which were a little bit wet and muddy. I did go f- flying face down on one section, but... Apart from that, it was actually a really good trail to run on. So being the good teammate that I am, I picked Thane up uh, to take him to there. And on the way, we did some recording as I drove him to try and talk about motivation, what he's expecting from the day, really, yeah, how he felt about the whole thing. So this is what uh, he said. Runners on trail. Right, so here we are on the way to the coach pickup for Cotswolds Way Century. Anthony's kindly driving me there. And you look remarkably calm, I have to say. Thank you. Yeah, because I would be absolutely papping myself if I was to do what you asked to do today. <laughs> well, the, the plan is to, to, to take it really easy. Um, we saw a really good video by um, Jamil, didn't we, on doing the hard rock and he was doing every... Um, he recorded every uh, mile until he accidentally left his camera on and ran out of charge. But he got the first kind of 50, 60 miles of um, hard rock on and he took it so easy at the start. And that's my 
that's my eight. Really pull it back. Really just take my time. Being like the bottom third probably, and then just but just then be able to maintain that pace. Yeah, target the energy meal. The target the energy meal is going to be my what do you call it mantra. My mantra. Target the energy meal. Runners on trail. So I dropped you off at the coach. Clearly we had a slightly tearful goodbye. <laughs> and you said? Be the best you can be today. Smack on. Yeah. There you go. Well, because, you know, that's all you ever can be. And uh, yeah, and we can talk about how you did later on. But, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll say right now, I think you did bloody brilliantly. So there you go. Yeah. So I dropped you off at the coach and I'm now going to sit back and let you talk. Yeah. So, so we, um, people were just generally arriving for a while. We had, uh, as you do, nervous talking between every chatting between everybody um i bet, I bet it was a small amount of could you could you smell the fear there's <laughs> lots of excitement actually so the coach journey um went up to chipping camden um unfortunately the, the coach got a bit delayed so we ended up um arriving at chipping camden i think with only 20 minutes before the start Ooh, i but, can imagine that must have been yes difficult yeah but um we all just about managed it, managed to get in, sort our kit out, get our drop bags um, into the right um, pile, as it were, to go to, to the various um, checkpoints, um, get registered. Uh, and then we were all given a race brief and shepherded down to the start, which was that down the road. And it was a nice relaxed start, actually. I can imagine with 102 miles to go, you would want a fairly relaxed start. Yeah. Runners on trail. Here at the start, a little bit late setting off. Probably about five minutes. Another Ella's Kitchens user. Yeah, yeah. My top secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll work. <laughs> Thank you. Now we're off. Nice and easy. <laughs> Target my energy meal. Runners on trail. So again, um, a few miles down the trail, um, you'd pass Broadway Tower, and that's when I caught up with Heather and Dawn. And interestingly, Heather was uh, a lady I met um, when you were doing the Mendit Marauder. Uh, I spoke to him for a little while. Runners on trail. Four and a half, four and a quarter miles. Should have been down there. Oh, look at that. It's like UTMB, look. <laughs> yeah. This will be the only bit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right. So have you run most of this course or not? No, I'll be any bit. Just In fact, bit in fact none of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh my god, we've stole two seconds of our time! <laughs> <laughs> if I come 99th now rather than. Oh, sorry, yeah. I've always wanted to do this because it's on the doorstep and I've yeah. looked at it for years and sort of. Yeah. Do you both run together normally, do you? Yeah, we do quite a bit, we? Yeah, we do, yeah. In the last two years, training on this route, haven't we? Oh, right, okay. Although well, we both did it last year, but. Uh, how did you do? I had IT bands, so I had to pull out bird lift, and Heather had that blister, she pulled out 80. Right. So, neither of us got to the end last time. So, this year the target is. Yeah, get round. Yeah. 29, 59, 59. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to come back third time. Yeah. No, I don't know. Right. I don't 
Yeah. Runners on trail. So that was Heather and Dawn. It um, just shows you it's it's a small world, the ultra running it community. Is, it is, especially when you're doing, I guess, runs around your kind of local area. Yeah, there's a and there's a couple of other people I kind of half recognised, which was cool. So um, that first quarter, first kind of twenty five odd miles was actually quite hard. It, it, In what way? I think when you start, you've got actually quite a lot of energy, but you know you've got an awful long way to run. So you're trying to rein yourself back. Equally, the first cutoff for this race was quite tight. You had to do 26 and a half miles, basically a marathon in um, seven hours, which I know if you were just doing a marathon would be very doable. But this is when you've got the most climb on the course. So you've probably got about 4,000 foot of climbs during that time as well. You're going up and down the Cotswold Edge multiple times. And in some places, it's quite that's quite hard going. So you've got to stay quite honest to do it. If if you were you took it too easy, you could miss that cutoff. So I managed to get that cutoff um, in six hours. Yeah, that was good to get that one out of the way. You then knew the pace. You could slow down that pace from there on in. And given what we spoke about in episode one, how was your nutrition? How did you feel internally at that point? I felt my, my stomach was absolutely fine, actually, pretty much through the whole race. Um, I had a fueling strategy that was on um, liquid energy uh, that was working okay. I had Ella's Kitchens as my kind of backup fuel, which actually I'd started to take a little bit of. Other baby food is available. Yeah, and uh, I was running with a chap, um, uh, Marcin, for a while who was uh, using um, other ma- manufacturers' um, baby food. It's quite common. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, Marcin, I think uh, you've got some stuff recorded from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were running together for probably about 25, 30-odd miles, maybe slightly more. So, yeah, I had a chat with him and here are some of the clips. Runners on trail. We're now mile 23 and a half. Got an aid station coming up in about 45 minutes or so. First cut off, which will be good. And we were just saying, you do, um, we've both done orienteering and stuff. And you're doing the OM in a couple of months' time. Is it months' time? It's, it's in about month, I think five weeks' time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's the 50th anniversary. So right. it's probably the biggest edition ever. Right. Uh, and this year it's in Lake District. Ah, oh, right. So there's going to be very demanding terrain. <laughs> nice and hilly. On the fells. <laughs> uh, very close, very close to to where Scaffold Pike is. This, yeah, this yeah. area. Yeah. I expect the worst kind of terrain. Yeah. <laughs> Scarfell Pike itself, itself is quite um, rocky on top. Yeah. It's quite um, difficult. Some of them are worse than others. But, so how long is you're doing the elite course, aren't you? How far is that? It's uh, about 50 miles in total over two days. Yeah. It's about 25-ish miles per day. Yeah. But a hard 25 miles. It's going to be hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It should be a good adventure. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Do you like the multi-stage races, do you? I haven't done any, really. Ah, right, this okay. is going to be a first multi-stage for me. Yeah. What I really like about it is that it's an ultra distance with navigation, with orienteering. Yeah. So that yeah. should be good fun. And if you're, uh, if you're a strong navigator, it starts to play to your favour a bit. Yeah, I think I'm a better navigator than a runner. 
Likewise. Yeah. So, where, have you been orienteering for all your life, or? Yes. Well, I, I did a little bit of orienteering as a junior. Yeah. Back in Poland, where I come from. Okay. Then I had a break, and then I moved to the UK about eight years, eight years ago. I there. Uh, yeah, I joined a local club in Oxford, Thames Valley Orienteering Club. Oh yeah, yeah, big club. Yeah, yeah, it's a good club, putting out a lot of events, local, uh, going out for regional events. Yeah. Uh, oh, the views are beautiful. Yeah. Really nice, yeah. isn't it? What's that, Cheltenham, I think? No, is it? Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember. No, can't be. I don't see the donut. <laughs> you know about the donut? <laughs> yeah. We're not allowed to talk about it, right? No, yeah, absolutely. I don't know about the donut either. <laughs> yeah, I think Cheltenham is there. Yeah, oh, I see, yeah. There, I imagine, is Cheltenham Racecourse. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying the splash map this time, this fabric one. Yeah, looks interesting. So, the custom, custom ordered one? Yeah, so you can get them. It's the same, it's the Harvey map. I think that's right. um, yeah, it's the Harvey yeah. map. Oh. But it's just, it's just printed on fabric, so. I thought, well, it's just, it goes into a pocket and you can kind of roll it. Ooh. Mop my head with it. Chuck it in the washing machine when you get home. Is there much of a trail running scene in Poland? Yes, yes, well, yeah, mountain running, trail running. Okay. Uh, ultras are very popular these days. Yeah. Getting more popular everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. So, do you mind? You're saying that you did 145 miler? Yes, 145. Yeah. The first edition of Canada Avon Canal Race. So basically, from Bristol to London. <laughs> A long way. A long way. Yeah. 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 Interesting event. Yeah. Uh, how long did you do it in again? It was 40, 40 something hours. Yeah. yeah. 40 and a bit. That's a long time on your sleep. Oh, that's a, a long time on your feet. Yes, <laughs> yes. It is. And uh, yeah, it's tough, it's tough. The winner, I think, took about 25 hours. Wow. That's quite impressive. Blimey. You say you were hallucinating at the end. Yes, yes, the final bit. Long Grand Union Canal to London Paddington. I was already in the evening, it was getting dark. So, uh, yeah, quite Ooh, interesting. Thing. Yeah, quite interesting. Pretty convinced that someone's running with me <laughs> at the moment like that. <laughs> I've never hallucinated yet, but this might be a first.
Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. Tonight might be the night. Yeah. The good thing about doing a 145 mile race is that once you do it, the perspective of running a 100 miler is not so daunting, right? <laughs> it's only like two thirds. Yeah, yeah. How tough can it be? <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the idea of doing the spine because I walked I walked the Pennine Way when I was young. But that's a yeah. But it's in winter and it's cold and, and it's tough, properly tough. Yeah. Was that 268 miles? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the worst thing is that I'm I'm pretty much determined to do it in 2019. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What's the attraction of doing it for you? It's just the attraction of doing it. Yeah. yeah. Runners on trail. So that was a bit of me and Marcin chatting en route. Um, say we ran together for, for quite some time. So uh, that second quarter felt quite good actually on the whole um it felt better than the first quarter uh, and then through that second quarter you end up running into the night kind of thing um with the aim of getting to Painswick which is the halfway point basically towards the end of it into around midnight kind of timeline so I had a group of people waiting for me at Birdlip which was at uh 38 miles so I had my family there so my parents my kids girlfriend and her, her daughter um, were all at Birdlip the good thing one of the good things about this race is they've got it on something called race drone um, which I know you were checking up on um, where you because we all had tracking GPS devices on you could see all the runners and what was that like that it was quite- I guess it was like watching other people playing computer games <laughs> that's how it felt it was like watching online gaming so you could literally see little dots moving around a trail. Yeah, it became strangely addictive to watch it. It was it was quite cool because we had a, I'd a WhatsApp group set up <clears throat> for the run in the um, people I knew who were supporting me, like yourself, my family, yeah. my brother over in Canada. Yep. Um, and, I, and I was getting like messages from people going, oh, he seems to have slowed down. Oh, no, he's got a spurt on. He's all right. And, and you know, it was like, well, I've slowed down because there's a big hill. Oh, I've got a spurt on because actually it's a nice running section. And that was interesting. And because anyway, my brother's in Canada, he's eight hours behind UK. Actually, when everyone said, right, I'm going to bed, you know, good luck through the night thing. My brother was still online, so exchanged the odd message with him, which was uh, really nice through the night before then you guys woke back up again. Well, and, you know, and the WhatsApp group was really great for us just to be able to coordinate activity. Yes, and hearing honestly from an independent person how I was looking or feeling has a lot of value, more than me saying in a text message, oh, I'm okay. Well, and, and also <laughs> because, you know, in the WhatsApp group, you were saying things like, I'm fine. which could mean because why would you you're not going to spend time typing loads of stuff out you're concentrating on your run you're very conscious of the time all the time so you're not going to stop and type an essay you're just going to do something short and carry on running there were quite a lot of cutoffs I noticed in this race and whilst they weren't completely tight I think it never looked like you were without some kind of pressure either meant either mm. perceived or real yeah I think to make the cutoffs you do need um cutoffs otherwise at the finish line how, how long can you keep the support crews out there's a lot of people 
supporting these events in terms of the aid stations, the medics and stuff. There's only so long they can stay on their feet and do the job that they need to do. And the cutoffs are driven to get everyone finished by six o'clock on Sunday, which means that's before night time, before a second night cuts in. It makes sense, but it, it does keep you on it. You can't take your time. And I think from following it, online as I was what I thought was good was the people that got through the last cutoff in time all made it to the end of the race yeah so it would have been awful wouldn't it or I think it would be if the cutoff was so loose but the end of the race so tight that you managed to get through the last cutoff but didn't finish and complete the race after running all that way you want to be able to make it to the end yeah I think the last cutoff is time so that from there you can walk all the way to the finish without having to run but it's not a dawdle. No, it certainly wasn't. I mean, the <laughs> you last... Re, you know, it's a it's a fast, stern walk to do it in that time. I think the last people that finished when I looked online was something like 20 minutes, 15 minutes before the yeah before the, the, the final, you know, 30-hour cutoff. Yeah, I think one guy had to pull out for medical reasons. But generally, yeah, everyone who makes that last cutoff makes it to the finish. So, yeah, as you're saying, my family were at Bird Lips. I was really looking forward to that aid station. It's at 38 and a half miles along the course yeah this is this is some footage of me at the aid station runners on trail how's it been it's question i'm asking you how you are yeah it's been okay <laughs> um it was a bit it was a bit the first bit the first 24 miles i just felt a bit tight in my legs and bit uncomfortable and then and then after that i kind of felt a bit better for um, for, for a while yeah and then i am um, yeah and then it's just a bit tougher over the last few miles but it's a spurt so when it's downhill and flat and then the, the slow is when you just grind uphill yeah Thank you very much. Please do for a couple of pizza. I'm going to go. Okay, good. Right. You do good about that. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take care, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Okay, right. Take care. Alright, let's turn my torch on. Dada. It's good. Right. Thank you, team. Bye. Oh, well. That was really nice seeing the family. Um, shame I had to chuck my guts up. <laughs> Runners on trail. 
Ooh, emotional. No one wants to. Oh, good puking. Thank you. Yeah, that's quality puking. <laughs> no doubt about that. Well, it's I it's guess- interesting because you you sounded completely together. I, I don't know how it how you felt when you were talking to your family, but it sounded like you were fine. Someone said you want a cup of tea, and the next thing is you're just projectile vomiting. Yeah, it was just it was. I think it was just my stomach rejecting what was in there. It wasn't that I was getting rid of everything in my stomach. You get used to different foods, maybe. Uh, I don't know what it was. I think it might have been a combination of a banana and a cup of tea and stuff, but whatever. It's always my favourite combination whatever, of food. <laughs> whatever it was. And I think I had a couple of other little bits of things. But yeah, all of a sudden, it wasn't going to stay down and out it came. But as soon as it came out, that was it. You know, it was just literally what was in the top of my stomach. And I'm sorry if um, listening to that put some people off, but we're trying to be honest about what these runs are like at various bits. I did love the message from your daughter on the WhatsApp group, which said, Dad threw up when he arrived. He's fine, though. Which I just thought was (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, everyone was really cool about it, actually. Um, I was a bit worried that that, like my mum or dad or someone would say... You shouldn't, you shouldn't carry on. You shouldn't carry on. But they were like, I think they could just see my eyes. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't really an issue. That was just me dealing with a little thing. Well, again, you, and you, you, I was you, carrying on. Yeah. Your, your brother said, uh, that's not a good sign with 66 miles to go, is it? And I, I have to say, I kind of agreed with him at that point. Yeah. But I felt, I felt fine. I honestly felt fine. And, uh, in some ways that was just a cue to, to crack on. So then, uh, you come into Painswick. Painswick is, Approximately the halfway mark, it's, it's just slightly under. It's at 47 and a half miles, but that's the main aid station en route. It is in the rugby football club at Painswick. So it's indoors. Um, they've got a kitchen there. There are cooking stews and various food and curry, I think, even was available. To be fair, I just stuck to the things I had. I had in my drop bag some Ella's Kitchens. I took those. Um, I did have a cup of tea and a little nibble at something, but... I always try not to stay too long at aid stations. I know that from experience, but I think I was there only for about 20, 25 minutes. And that was my longest stop at any aid station. But I could also imagine that when you're going through the night and it's possibly getting a bit colder and we could talk about your clothing and stuff mm. in a minute, that when you get to somewhere that's warm and there's a seat and yeah. you can sit down, there is a temptation to sit down and people drop out at aid stations. And of course they do because that's the right place to drop out. If you're going to drop out, they can get support to you and help you off. But I think there's also that bit of once you've sat down, yeah, it's the mental bit of knowing you've got to get back up again and get out and do it. And I think there is also, therefore, a mental bit about why people drop out at aid stations. I was going to say it's easy not to go on. I don't mean that in a derogatory mm. way to anyone that drops out. But clearly, once you sat down, it's difficult to get going again. Yeah, and you, you can start seizing up. You've maybe realised that you've been a bit cold, a bit wet. Um, you stop to do some blister treatment if you've got them and then it's difficult getting your shoes back on. There's lots of reasons why you might just choose to stop rather than going back out. So I tried, I tried to be quite disciplined. I did what I needed to do and I got on with it. Yeah, so it was interesting. From there, I left and very shortly after leaving, that's when I tied up with Andrew, who I ended up running with for about 40 miles or so. So then we ran into um, Coley Peak. Coley Peak's uh, up above Dursley, which for me was a very significant part of the race. Up until that point, I really didn't know the countryside that well. But from there... I could look up at any point and eyeball a couple of 
um, points of recognition, kind of like almost like running home, as it were. And that provided things to look forward to. Runners on trail. Hiya. Hiya. 36. Hello, people. Hello. Can we put some orders in? Uh, a cup of tea, please, if I can order. Tea, white, with sugar, please. That's okay, thanks. Probably get that topped up with water to try and dilute it. I'm so glad you've got a tent up here. Nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, don't get too cosy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. Got a sleeping bag. <laughs> Are you watching people on trackers coming um, coming along? Like um, yeah, intermittently, yeah. Yeah. Your noodles are popular, mate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I reckon you can start your little noodles. I was thinking that, yeah. Oh, She's doing the wrong business. Yeah. The fruit salad is delicious. Take it with you. <laughs> That's a half a kilo, yeah, I'll take that. Next checkpoint, 70 miles, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah, 12 from here, yeah. Another 12, 12 from here. 12 from here. Oh. Oh. I thought it was um, just over 10. Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> just under 15 as well. What are you here, John? Do you want your coffee? Yeah, you ready? And one white, no sugar. Yeah, I am, yeah. Well, just to get that down. Yeah. So yeah. Just take it easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the caffeine kicks in. So there's a there's a there's a pink glow stick. Yeah. Down in a tree there, along the tree line. Yeah. So just keep the trees on your right hand side, and as you go around the corner, you'll see a yellow glow stick up on the hill. I'm just going to take it easy for a few couple of miles. You right. You right, mate. All oh, the attrition now, isn't it? <laughs> Keeping going. Got through one end torch already. I'm glad I packed the second one. Blimey, be buggered otherwise. <laughs> it takes a little while to get going again, doesn't it? Once you stop, you, know, you have to stop for a couple of minutes. Yeah. God, it's cold up here. Looking forward to getting down there. Is that where we head? Yeah, down there is Dursley. Runners on trail. And there's something nice about running through like a village or a town like Dursley at four o'clock in the morning and there's absolutely nobody up. And so we're just literally running along the middle of like A roads and <laughs> through the one through the middle of the town and, and through the shopping centre. And it was just you know, four o'clock in the morning is like that hour, isn't it? It's like, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, there might have been people coming home from nightclubs or something like that, but, and taxis and things like that. But at four o'clock in the morning, there's nobody. And it was just totally silent. It was just, just runners just slowly making their way through the village. And from there, we climbed up to the golf course and you, it's one of these sections where you, you run, it happens a few times on the Cotswold Edge. You, you end up going up and it kind of, the edge splays out from a point. So you end up having to run around like the fingers of a hand, almost back to where you were. It's like you, you, you come up at the wrist, you then run around all the fingers and then, and then you, you run on again back to the wrist and run on. Uh, and so you could actually cut across the course. There's only like a few hundred meters, but um, obviously you don't. You follow the, you follow the route. You run around the edge of the golf course for, a, 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 I think it's two, two miles or so and then, and then carry on. So the next aid station on from that was Wooden Under Edge, um, and that's where I decided I should meet you uh, 
I knew it would be early on Sunday morning. I didn't think there'd be many people around. And I thought it might be nice for you to see a friendly face after 70 miles. And I was genuinely interested in what state you'd be in with 30 miles to go. You've done a 100 miler before. And you said to me that they, in your head, the 100 miler almost starts at 70 miles with 30 miles to go. That's yeah. where it starts. And so I went down to Wooden Under Edge. They got a lovely little aid station in a church hall. It's great when there are fantastic volunteers there looking after people and the people that were genuinely working really hard to make sure that people coming in got as much support as they could as quickly as they could and to also to make sure that they were okay to carry on. There were two ambulances there when I got there. Um, yeah, for standby, wasn't there? And that one of them turned up specifically to pick somebody okay. up. And yeah, you came in to the aid station and I reckon the 20 odd people I saw coming in there, you were the most composed mentally by a fair way. You looked very, very strong. It, whether that was something that just was what it was or whether you'd taken steps to ensure you were strong mentally. I think it's just, it, it was what it was. I don't think, I think maybe, maybe I, I feeling, yes, I was more on home territory. So I got some confidence from that. That previous, that, that, that third quarter, which I guess was ended at Wooten Under Edge at 70 miles, that kind of 50 to 70 miles point was probably the slowest bit I'd done off the whole route. Uh, I was running with Andrew. We'd also tied up with a, a chap called Stuart. And I think when it's that, that the early hours or very early hours of the morning or that last phase of night, you stick together, you look after each other, you're all getting tired. Um, Stuart was feeling very tired. Uh, I had a couple of phases where I was feeling like, crikey, I could really fall asleep right now. But there are only two half hour sections when I felt like that. I think Stuart was suffering a lot more with tiredness. Um, and therefore, we weren't quite running quite as much as we had at any other phase in the race. So it just backed it off a little bit more than we normally would. But that's, you get a lot of strength from actually staying together a bit and helping each other through those phases. And then you get through that early sunrise, twilight phase and the sun comes up and then you feel like, you know, you know, you've had no sleep whatsoever, but actually you feel a bit more refreshed. You know, it's the morning again. It's like, oh, it's time to get up. But yeah, and I think I, I was, I was quite really happy to see you as well. Cause it was, we, it was quite amusing because I, chased down the road to try and get another runner who we'd spotted on the race drone had gone completely off course uh, and I couldn't catch up with them. They'd gone too far by the time we spotted them. So I'd come back up the road from trying to find the guy and I saw you all and the race route there could be a little bit confusing. So I shouted, hey, Thane, it's that way. And you went, oh, thanks very much. And then took about three paces and then realised I'd used your name and went, oh, hello. <laughs> I realised it was me. It was quite nice. Because when we discussed where to meet up, it was going to be the 80 mile point, wasn't it? It was the next aid station. Yeah. And I guess it could have been that one, but that I was there at like, what's it, seven o'clock in the morning or so? Uh, yeah, I think you got there a bit before, just about seven o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So in order for you to get there, you'd have had to be up early. So yeah, actually, five o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. that's, that's what teammates that's do for each other. That's dedication. So I was expecting you at probably at the next aid station, not at that one. Yeah. So that was really, it was really nice. So that gave, probably gave me a bit of an uplift as well. But I, to be fair, I, I, I did feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, I got there, um, forced you to get the uh, dictaphone out of your bag immediately and had a chat with you. And so this is me chatting to you at the 70 mile aid station. Runners on trail. So here we are in Wharton Under Edge and I've managed to turn up. I'm here with Thane who's looking remarkably good at the end of 70 miles. How are you feeling, mate? Not too bad. You look really composed. Yeah. I, I was worse at 40, but I think we've just been taking it a bit steadier through the night. 
Um, anything remotely resembling an uphill gets warped. And even then, some of the downhills we just take very, very gently. I don't know if you've availed yourself of the aid station here. I've really enjoyed what they've got here. Crisps, jelly babies, and pickled gherkins. So if anyone fancies a pickled gherkin, there's an entire jar out there, completely untouched. I have no idea why they're completely untouched. The one thing we would kill for is oranges and watermelon. So the sun's just come up. Was it cold? It was, it was quite windy on top. So um, when the... Uh, yeah, in certain places, like going around the golf course and stuff, it was quite nippy in places. And, but but normally it would only be for like half an hour and then you get back down again. But yeah, it does go down and up and down and up and down and up a lot. Stuart's got half a shoe missing over here. It's you've, I've never seen anything quite like it. The sole's half hanging off. We made one nav error. We went a bit too far. Getting up to the monument at the top, so you shot it. We've had a few navigational... Challenges, adventures. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, been, they've been very limited, haven't they? To like 100 yards. Apart from that one at the top. Oh, anyway, it's only 30 miles to go. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you know, yeah, you've broken good. the back of it and it's daylight and it's going to get warmer and the hills are going to be a nice yeah. day. Exactly. Yeah. When you get to Bath, you can have a nice spa. Oh, wow. I'm going to get one of those. It's booked in. Already. <laughs> yeah, I'm not booked in, but I'll be there. <laughs> We're not allowed to tell his wife. And if they don't let you in, he's just going to jump straight oh, in the Roman baths. Doesn't matter, that's it, I'm in. I'll be on the rooftop in, uh, in two hours' time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had it before? No, she's... Shoes are fine. They're really, I mean, yeah, my feet are sore. I'm not going to take them on the No, don't do that. Just keep them on there. I think I'm mostly fat-burning. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking, but, but you, could, you, you need it. I mean, it's not like you're a bit bloating. Yeah. I went out for dinner last night. It was nice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sat at dinner, talked about you. You know. Were you watching quite a bit online? No, I didn't take my phone with me because uh, because I knew I'd just sit there watching it yeah. if I did. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but got home straight away, and the first thing Mrs. asked was, "How's they doing?" So got back and had a look. We've got like 11 hours or 10 hours, 45 minutes to 30 miles. Yeah, you'll be right. Which I think should be fine. You'll get there. Fine, fine, fine. Thanks. Thanks. Simon, we met earlier. Oh, you, you were the you were the one up at three o'clock in the morning, coming down from the golf course. Were you? No. No, no, we met a bit earlier. You kept. Oh, you're the MBS guy. Yeah, I was with Vania. You still going? Is he right? Uh, I've, I've dropped. Oh, you've dropped. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of run how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. We, I mean, we've slowed down a lot, but it's just managing and looking at check up tight. Anyway, cut off and stuff. But I think we should be fine. Yeah, it's just kind of running when you can and just yeah. keeping that pace going. Because if, yeah. if you just slow down and all, yeah. I think. But yeah. I, I don't want to be. Running for cutoffs. No, I just hate that. But you're dropping out. Yeah, can't run anymore. I've had to run for about 20 miles and just didn't want to force myself through. No. Do sensible people. Enjoyed it, you know, made it through the night. Yeah. Furthest yeah. we've ever got, so. Um... All right, mate. Yeah, I'm going to start heading off in a minute. Yeah, I'll let you wanna... go. Best of luck. Just wanna... you, you, you guys all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, 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 we've, got, we've got a good drill. We've got a good drill. Just keep the pace going. Good luck, guys. Runners on trail. So there you go. Um, unfortunately, I think Stuart dropped out at that aid station in the end. I think, it, yeah, it, it, I think that was his last. Uh, that's where he pulled stumps. But and to be but, fair, he looked really, really tired when I saw him. He did. Half his shoe was missing. I, 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 it was, 
I was listening to him, but he was running behind me quite a bit in the previous section. And it, it sounded like he was dragging a foot and it was just hitting the road all the time. No, it was just and the I, sole hanging off the shoe. And I kept thinking to myself, God, if you don't, if you don't pick your feet up, mate, you're going to go flying. But I didn't realize until I got to the A station, it was because his sole was starting to come off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah. And, and he, he said he was going to tie in with some, some other runners coming through because me, myself and Andrew were keen to, to crack on. We could feel the pressure of time. So at the, at the first cutoff, I was an hour ahead of the cutoffs. At the second one at Painswick, I was an hour and three quarters. But by the time we got onto Wooden Under Edge, which wasn't technically the third cutoff, but, no. but you, you, at every A station, you're able to track yourself. Basically, we only had about 45 minutes or so spare if you did the maths yeah. uh, on predicted time. So we were starting to feel like, okay, it's 30 miles still to go. That's not an insignificant distance. And we've lost the um, best part of an hour buffer through the second half of the night. Yeah. So needed to crack on. So Andrew and I um, said, you know, we're, we're going to crack on. Um, Stuart said needed a few more minutes. Then he said, look, guys, you, you go on. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll tag in with the next people. But I don't think he carried on. But no, I don't you did. So we left Wooden Under Edge and cracked on. And that was really nice. It was most definitely morning now. People were getting up and uh, there was a new kind of uh, energy um, that we had. I could feel some blisters coming on in my feet, but I did not feel I had the time to sort them out. And I think blisters is a funny thing. If it had happened at 30, 40 miles, I would have taken my shoes off and sorted them out. But with 30 miles to go and only 45 minutes ahead of the cutoffs, I'm experienced enough to know that if you just keep going, something you know it doesn't affect you when you're actually moving per se. That actually the best thing to do, with the objective of me finishing the race, was just to crack on. So I did, rightly or wrongly. I think it was the right decision to take at that time. So got to Horton Primary School at 80 miles. That was the last drop bag aid station. Actually, my dad was there. He texted me just before I was arriving there saying that he was at the aid station, which is really nice. So, um, yeah, he'd got my bag and he was able to take, um, um, some, the normally from that last drop that there's not definite that that would get back to the finishing time when you get there. So as actual fact, I was able to give him some things which he was able to take away and take home for me. So that was logistically quite convenient. Um, so stopped there, had a chat with him and say, so it's just so nice seeing family. It's, it's not when we normally race. We don't necessarily have people there. We know we have occasionally, but. But actually on this race, because it was close to home, having so much you know support along the route was really good. Well, I think it breaks the journey up. You're running with new people, so that's a new experience. But after a time, they're the same people you've been running with all day. And whilst you can meet people at aid stations, they're not going to be focused on you. They're focused on everybody. Mm. I know it's when you came to see me at Mendham Road, it was just really nice to see someone that was... It also makes you feel nice. Someone's there for you. Yeah. yeah. Really, it's quite a special feeling, really. It lifts you for a couple of miles in the build-up, knowing someone's going to be there. And then a couple of miles, you know, up to a couple of miles afterwards, you're still like on a, on a, you know, in a better mental state because uh, someone's taking the time to see you. So, yeah, you know, I completely agree. And so after that, you had 20 miles to go. Yeah. And in fact, seven miles after that was the last cutoff, I seem to remember. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. The Tor Martin picnic area at 87 miles. And we had heard from people that, that really, we knew we had like, I think it was two and a half hours or so 
before that cutoff closed between Horton at 80 to Tall Martin Picnic Area 87. And that people had said, if you just stay honest and, and walking hard, you can just about do it in two. I mean, we did a combination of, we did some running um, and, but mostly walking. And yeah, we, we made it in about two hours. So I got to that checkpoint 45 minutes ahead of the cutoff and we left with just over half an hour um, before the checkpoint. Cut. You've got to have left the checkpoint by the time the cutoff hits. So at that checkpoint, I think you'd got four and three quarter hours or so before you then got to get to the finish. Um, so we were just keen to just get out of there as quickly as we could. We took five, 10 minutes maybe. And how were you feeling at that point? I mean, how much walking were you doing compared to running? How was, <clears throat> yeah, when I saw you at 70 miles, you said you were just sort of doing combinations of both. Yeah. Uh, it, it slows down. It, you, you do more walking as you go through these events. Um, I think for the first quarter, I was running probably about 66% of it. And then through the night, it was probably more 50-50. In the early hours, it, it dropped to mainly being mostly walking, 75% walking, 25% running, probably even more walking than that, actually. But you couldn't drop any more than that. You still had to do the occasional run, really, um, especially because we, we were backing up into the cutoffs. So it was fast paced walking, running where you could. But the gradients were now starting to dictate where you could and where you couldn't run. Effectively, if it was more than a couple of degrees uphill, I couldn't run it or you could, but it was quite energy draining. So you just chose not to run those bits. You just walked it and ground it out. Um, on the downhills, if it was flat or a few five down probably to about five degrees downhill you would take advantage of it but when it gets steeper than that your knees start to really hurt more than your muscles it was your knees hurting over that length of time and therefore more than five degrees I'd walk as well so it's in it was kind of finely balanced one to degree two degrees uphill to about five degrees downhill wherever you could you would kind of just 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 increase that pace a bit to be honest with you the running didn't really feel any harder than the walking you you still got bits of pain and the one thing I've noticed from running with you is sometimes it can be quite hard to motivate you to go quicker but the one thing that does seem to motivate you is a cutoff so there you go yeah having done that many miles you get to the point where it's like I'm not going to let this beat me (laughs) I've not come 80 miles or 87 miles to not finish this now and also knowing that if I pulled out I then got to do another qualifier for Thames Path (laughs) yeah does that so then there's another aid station at 92 miles at um, Cold Ashton. To be honest, I think I just topped up on water and went. I was there for like one minute. You know, you've got a couple of hours to go to the finish and you just like, you know, just, I, I just, I just want, I think I said to them, I just want to finish, just fill this up and just went. And I think everyone was doing exactly the same. And then you climb up as another um, last kind of major hill. You go around the back of a golf course and you end up on the edge of the race course. And there's a vantage point. And from there, all of a sudden, you can see Bath for the first time. And it's quite close. You can see all the way down to like the centre of town where the Abbey is and the finish. And you think, right, I can do this. You know, the average gradient now is all downhill. And I'd already been looking at my map about which bits I was going to run down to the finish. I knew my daughter was going to be waiting for me at the last checkpoint. The fact that I knew she was going to be there at 99 and a half miles was really motivating me to get to the finish. It had been a big positive. It was something I really wanted to do. And we were swapping messages backwards and forwards amongst us because some of the team were at the finish waiting for you. I was at home and your daughter was at the aid station. And I was looking at the times and working out how long you could run and wanting to make sure there was a little bit of contingency in there. And I 
messaged her on WhatsApp and said, you're going to have to just push him a little bit, just remind him what the remind him what the cutoff time is. I said, I don't know what state he's in mentally. You're going to need to keep doing that. And I did that because I think there was a slight lag on the race drone stuff coming through. Yeah. It looked like you had about half a mile, three quarters of a mile to go before that A station. And she just she quickly messaged back, he's here, we're off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank goodness for that. We, at that point, I think we knew you were going to make it. Yeah, I think I had like an hour and a quarter to do the last two and a half miles, yeah. which was, I could have I could have just strolled it. And, and uh, uh, you recorded some stuff. Yeah, And we'll um, listen to that now. Runners on trail. It's too steep. My knees hurt. I don't know what I could do to help, unfortunately. Just being you, being there, is fine properly. It means a lot, thank you. It's been pulling me along. Got to make no, sure you're going. No, that was going to be there at the 99.5 mile point. Yeah, I've got to get to Poppy. <laughs> yeah, I've got to get to Poppy. Uh-huh. At least let her, let her do one mile of this one. Well, two no, I, I want to, I want to run with you. That's the thing. Uh, okay. We're not doing much running, but thanks. <laughs> Yeah, probably. It's a couple of hundred metres. A couple of hundred metres. Hundred metres? A couple of hundred. Oh. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Gonna do it. Literally, like, drop that bow and give it a bow. Cheers, thank you. Much further, is it? Down here and there. Cheers, thank you. Here we go. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> there. Oh. 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 Thank you very much. Don't get down. If you give Thank me you your much. tracker, we'll give you a medal. <laughs> Is it worth it? It's in there. Oh, that's a hell of a pocket. How'd you get on? Yeah, not too bad. Well done, yeah. I found the, the first, it's actually the first third I was struggling on a bit more, and then it was all right. But then, yeah, first third's hard. And then, you, uh, and then when you, um, when you do the, um, oh, yeah, when you hit the motorway and stuff, you realise that it's still really hard to hit the... There's no hanging around. No, you got. That's when you have to dig deep and get on with it so you can get. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. Oh, hang 30, on. 35 minutes. Hang on. If it didn't, I've got to stop my. It's not on Strava. It didn't happen. I've got to stop the clock. <laughs> I'll go and uh, get your gear. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Well done, well done. Well done. Excellent. Yeah, nice Great, good job. Yeah, yeah. 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 See you next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Runners on trail. So there you go. That's you going through Bath and crossing the line and kissing the stone. I I so wanted to do it. As you can hear, the um, Kurt was like, oh, a lot of people have been walking on that. But I was like, I don't care. It was very gritty. But yeah, to, to, I was looking forward to that. Actually, I was really emotional coming into the last aid station before I met my daughter thinking, crikey, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this. I was almost like welling up. Um, but actually when I crossed the line, I didn't break down in tears or anything like that, but I did, but it just felt so good. And you know what, with these hundred miles, the finishes get spread out so far. It's actually like having your own finish. You feel like you're cha- a champion. Yeah. It's not as if you're in a funnel with like 30 other runners and everyone's like, get out of my way. I want my race finish photograph. Everyone was there clapping for you. As you can hear when I was coming through the center of Bath, there were people clapping because they knew they'd been into the, in, next to the Abbey and, and had seen what was going on and knew what you, the people running through the, the city were doing. And so that was really nice. And you come into that, that finish that finished kind of area and it's just you and then about 15 20 people who are there people who just finished before you and family members waiting for other people and stuff and my family and that was so nice and it, it just felt yeah even now it feels feels kind of emotional playing that back in, and, in my head and very special and we spoke last week about that motivation and about how the pain does disappear now looking at your toes today i think it's gonna take a bit longer for it to disappear than it does on other times but that sense of achievement that feeling and that memory of crossing the line will last much 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 longer than the pain will yeah and i'm I'm hoping it will last forever I, it's, it's one of the reasons why i like ultra running and trail marathon running is you know what you can you can do your standard things you do on most weekends and over time you you struggle to separate one weekend from another but when we do these races they stand out it's like etched in your head it doesn't leave it's it's yeah. it's there and yeah. you can pull on that and the pain disappears and you're just left with this memory yeah. which is really valuable i think for lots of reasons so you got to the end you got your medal and then you got in the car well, um, before that really funny i there's a couple of ladies that that uh, a couple of american ladies that were like what what have you done and uh is that supposed to be an american accent you were doing then yeah, sorry. But yeah, but one of them knew somebody done Western States, which was quite funny because then I was able to talk about, you know, the motivation for us, me doing that race and what we were doing with Western States. Yeah, hopefully, eventually. Yeah. So then you got in the car? Yeah, I sat down for 15 minutes at the finish, which I wish I hadn't done because I did seize up a bit. But anyway, it's inevitable. You're going to have to get in a car. So yeah, uh, fortunately, with my parents there, they, they drove me back home and I was, I was sleeping on and off on that journey. I just I was really struggling. So I got home, the parents and my kids were there. Um, and they sorted me out. I sat down on the sofa, made a little nest for me. And I just basically, my daughter took my shoes, helped me with my shoes and socks off. I really was then, I was just kind of body was kind of shutting down as it were. Um, hadn't slept for like 40 hours or so and done 100 miles in the meantime. So I literally fell asleep on the sofa. Parents posted my front door key back through the letterbox. I woke up at, I, so that was at seven o'clock in the evening. I woke up at, at I think it was 10 o'clock, managed to, haul myself up into bed then woke up again at 
four, no, two thirty in the morning. Still fully dressed. Well, still had my compression shorts on and my bandages. So I, I ripped that off a bit too enthusiastically because I put, took two patches of skin off when I was doing it. Nice. Nice. Lovely. Slowly got myself into the shower. Just, just basically tidied myself up and made myself a bit more decent. Had a recovery shake, which I meant to take at the end, but I'd forgotten to do. That tasted fantastic. So, um, but even then I just then realized I left my phone charger downstairs, go downstairs, going back upstairs again, took like, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> so it just takes a lot of time. I did, did a bit more recording. And hey, perhaps we should listen to that now. Runners on trail. And before I forget, congratulations to everyone who towed the start line. Um, it takes a lot of commitment to do these races and just preparing yourself mentally doing the training and getting there to to start is a is an achievement in itself so congratulations to everyone whether you completed or not as always these things are adventures and i really enjoy the journey of them um it's nice to have run um that kind of distance and be able to, to understand a bit more about our countryside um, and it's the same wherever you go. It's just understand you get, you know, you can drive down motorways, you can drive down A roads, but you never really get to see the country. And on these things, you really get to see the country. And, um, it's the same wherever I've run, I've run in Spain, um, before the Transvolcania, um, stuff you just get to see. And it's amazing how many people don't see the countryside for, you go out for a little walk here or there, which is really good. Um, but most people don't. And, um, it's really nice. And I'm sure it's the same in every, uh, every country um getting off of those roads and stuff and just getting lost in the in the hills and the, the footpaths and places you would never normally go you see some um, really nice things and get some really nice experiences the yeah injuries um very symmetrical so the uh, i've got a blister on the outside little toe of each foot i've got a blister on the inside of the heel on both feet um, both knees are quite tender and sore and it's a bit of an effort getting up and getting down um, but manageable um, hips and lower back a little bit sore but not too bad that'll probably pass um, quite quick um, yeah and that's it really Runners on trail. so that's you at four o'clock in the morning you know and it's really interesting that at four o'clock in the morning the thing you wanted to talk about was the journey and what you'd seen and felt and how you felt about the run and how you felt about not in terms of physical terms but how what you'd seen and how it felt as a journey to you and I think you've expressed that many times and I think it's interesting that when you're you're most tired it's still the thing that stands out to you. Mm, Very much so. I think it was one of these realizations that I knew you know some of this was on what would consider home territory but i hadn't run that actual route so you even though i'm crossing roads i know i've driven down i've i I didn't know those bits of footpath and trail existed and you only may be half a mile away from somewhere you know or been quite a lot and it's it's a different place and and when you string all these things together over like a hundred miles and you're weaving across roads and stuff and you you think my word this is this is really beautiful this is really nice and just a kind of a moment of pause for thought that we travel around the country and you see views but actually getting in it and being on the pass and the footpaths is 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 something more valuable so in the cold light of day you've done it we've heard how you felt at four o'clock in the morning how does it feel now 
Not too bad. Um, I think general fatigue recovered quite quickly from it. Uh, that was like 24, um, 48 hours. I was feeling quite good. I think you heard on in the clips uh, just talking about my injuries. Now, just a week on, I've got some pain in my right knee. My blisters are all recovering. I did suffer uh, through the course of the week with my feet. They, they swelled. They swelled. They were I swollen. Did, they were swollen. <laughs> and with the blisters around the outside of my feet, meant when I was trying to get into shoes to go to work, they were banging up against the edge of the shoe. So I had to go to London a couple of times this week. I take my shoes off on the train. But actually, come Friday, I was able to walk normally. Yes, today, a week on, a week on from the race, exactly. Um, my, my right knee is a bit stiff and it's going to take a little while for the, my, some of my, uh, my little toes, especially on my right foot to, to recover enough. But I, apart from that, I could go for a run. I, I don't feel fatigued. My muscles feel all right. My calves were a bit tight, but they're okay now. It's probably going to be another week. I think this next weekend, I'll probably be out. Um, starting running again. I just need, if I went running right now, I think some bits of skin would fall off my feet, which might be quite painful. Mm, 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 nice. Mm. But apart from that, apart from that, I'm feeling good. Okay. So to finish up, Cotswold Way Century, a good experience. A good experience. Got a lot from it. Including blisters. It's a very positive experience. It feels really good to have done it and given me a lot of confidence that yes, I've done a hundred miles once before, but now I've repeated it. And this was much more in a race format. And it is achievable. And you know what? I honestly believe most people, a lot of people could do a 100 mile event. Well, and that's probably a topic for another podcast. Mm. Runners on trail. So before we finish up, I guess we should highlight some people from the race. So the winning females. So Holly Rush came in in 20 hours, 17 minutes. And then it was Emily Warren came second in 26 hours, 19 minutes. And then Heather Rawlings and Dawn Gardner. Who we've interviewed on the podcast. There you go. Who finished together in third in 26 hours and 28 minutes. And the men, um, Wycliffe Forbes in 17 hours and 34 minutes. Then Ryan Hogburn in 20 hours, 57 and then you, then Daniel Weller in twenty two twenty six. But of course, these really aren't the winners of this race. The winners of the race, as you know, in this podcast, are the people who come in the mid-pack. So there were 106 starters. And of those, number 53, properly mid-pack, was... Drumroll. Ross Bingham in 29 hours and 10 minutes. Ross, you are the proper winner of the Cotswold Way Century. <laughs> you truly are. And not forgetting, I, I wasn't far off. I was 55th in 29 hours and 16 minutes. Yeah, whatever. If I'd been six minutes quicker, I would have been proper mid-pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, until next time, this has been Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by mid-pack runners. For mid-pack runners. And that was the Cotswold Way Century. Runners on Trail. So that was the Cotswold Way Century. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and hearing from Thane and the others on the course about the run. Um, and maybe it's motivated you to go out and do a big distance run. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Runners on Trail. We're Runners on Trail on Snapchat. And you can email us runnersontrail at gmail.com. And please do email us. Let us know what you think of the episodes. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast.
Anyway, I'll sign off now and finish the rest of my cake. Cheers, everyone. Bye.